I find it disturbing when you've got uh, over 100 people and, and someone uh, would be brazen enough to pull out a gun and, and start shooting. Uh, it's very early. It's very solvable because we have a lot of people that were there and, and people that were there just to have fun and uh, then run out as victims because uh, they were f afraid of getting shot. And then, of course, we have five people that are shot. So it's really early right now, but I can tell you we, we have retrieved uh, shell cases inside as well as outside, and uh, we've got uh, a lot of resources on this one. Uh, we, we will definitely uh, be in, in good shape to, to solve this one if we have uh, witnesses come up and help. And he's talking, of course, about the uh, nightclub shooting at Finch Avenue West near Keel Street at District 45 nightclub. Hundreds of people were gathered in the area. Anybody else find it a kind of shocking and slightly appalling that there's a lack of a tone of outrage in our chief's voice? I mean, look, at if I was chief of police and 17 people were shot in my city, on a weekend that included a very popular festival in uh, North America, I would be livid. Here's uh, the mayor is calling for a hand uh, gun ban in the city of Toronto. Again, he stands by that. Here's what the chief said about that. You know, I, I'll, I'll let the, uh, the the politicians work on that one. I've, I've got people that are shot and I've got people that are shooting people. Uh, I want to use uh, my resources and all of my energy to, to solve these cases and, and bring them before the court systems. Uh, anything that does uh, remove a handgun, it, it's a good day for the city. Uh, so there, there's no real silver bullet. There's so many aspects of, of why people are, are doing it. But at the end of the day, people are getting shot. And I've got concerns about that and its immediacy. Oh, but you, but I don't think I would have used the silver bullet analogy when talking about a shooting, uh, a weekend that included 17 shootings. Look, I, I'm not saying that I don't think Chief Saunders cares that this is going on. I just think the tone is a little bit odd. Here to talk about um, the uh, pledge for additional resources as far as the uh, police are concerned, Mike McCormack, who is uh, president of the Toronto Police Association. Mike, we always seem to talk uh, after a weekend like this. Yeah, I mean, I think, Kelly, there's a point right there. You know, what else can you say? We always seem to talk after a weekend like this. So the fact that the chief is saying, oh, he finds it disturbing. And again, he found it disturbing that there was hundreds of people um, in the club and this brazen shooting. Uh, you and I talked about a, a shooting at a schoolyard where children were playing in a schoolyard. We talked about, you know, shooting at the Raptors parade. We talked about shootings at nightclubs. This is what we have seen since 2014. And we've been talking about this and, and, and people like you, yourself and, and us, we have been talking about this for almost four years. This was something that the chief referred to as a blip. Four years later, what we've seen is 154% increase in shooting victims. In 2014, we had 242 shooting victims in the city. Four years later, we saw 613 shooting victims. And now we have, and it, you played this, the, the clip of the chief saying 11 shootings, 13 victims. And a day later, it's 14 shootings and 17 victims we're up to. So, you know, I, 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 and where is the plan? Where is the, you know, we're hearing, oh, well, we're going to deal with this. We're going to put resources. Why haven't we done that? Why hasn't anything been done? We've been talking about this for so long. 
And now here we go again. And again, where it's like, we want to solve cases. My concern about some, no, you want to prevent shootings in the city. Well, you do not want to be doing this. Mike, another one of the things that, that, that stood out to me that uh, the chief of police said was the fact that there were a lot of people there. So we got a lot of, you know, eyes on this talking about the people that were in the nightclub at the time of the shooting. It's like we've had a lot of people in different situations. A lot of people walking down Young Street when Jane Kreba was shot and killed. Exactly. And it doesn't exactly. mean that it leads to anything. No. And again, look, at we had this is, a, you know, we had a shooting Four people shot at the Raptors parade. Like more people, more density than anything. That What it is, it's a prevalence of people are walking around with firearms they're not afraid of, of the police. They're, they're not afraid of being pulled over. They're not afraid of being stopped. And they're willing to use these firearms whenever they come into contact with the people that they want to shoot. And it is brazen. It is offensive. And we should be outraged again. Yeah. What do you say to the tone, the lack of outrage in the police chief's tone? Why is that? I don't know. You'd have to take it up with with him. And, and you know, I, I wasn't there. I didn't see him or, you know, uh, see what he was saying. And, and I'm just listening to the clips. That well, he, he sounds saying. very calm. And he says, yeah. this isn't our city. The, he, I'm paraphrasing here, but he did at one time say, this isn't Toronto. This isn't our city. You know, no, no it's, 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 a, it's unusual that it was 17 in, in one weekend, but it's becoming kind of... I think everybody seems to be uh, getting used to the fact that we're going to hear about another shooting after a weekend. Exactly. I mean, oh, yeah, this is our city. This is exactly our city. And this is what our city has become. Because all we have to do is take a, a stroll back a month. Two weeks ago, we had six people shot. The week before that, we had four people shot. We had a person stabbed. We had three people stabbed. This is, you know, and, and you're saying, where is the outrage and everything else? The general public is looking at it. And then we had comments about, oh, well, you know, a lot of the people aren't uh, necessarily nine to five who have been involved with white. Yeah. You know what? I I actually I want to play that right here for for people. This is the this is the clip from the uh, the Chief Saunders press conference that you're referring to when asked, what do you say to people who are afraid to be in the city? Have a listen. Well, I'll, I'll be fair and say most of the shootings are, are occurring at nighttime, and um, a, a lot of the uh, uh, places and, and, and some of the people um, that uh, um, have been shot um, aren't necessarily uh, nine to five, <laughs> wife and kids, home. Uh, you know, if, if, if you're kind of uh, uh, in, in that stratosphere, then, then the odds of anything happening to you are, are, are very, very slim in this city. Um, but uh, when someone's shooting with, with 100 plus people in a club, uh, that's not a good day for us. And, and, and that's a person I, I certainly am very ambitious to working with the community, working with the city to, to solve that one. Well, you could read into that, like respectable people aren't being shot. Is this indicative of the police's attitude around around shootings and who are shot in the city of Toronto? No, I, I don't believe it. that uh, that reflects how, how our members feel. Our members, when we're involved in these uh, treat every shooting uh, the same. Uh, it is a horrific incident. There's a loss of life, and it, and it shouldn't be mitigated because it also sets out a tone for the general public to think, oh, well, you know, these are all gangbangers and drug dealers are shooting each other. And for some reason, uh, you know, people on the lower socioeconomic scale, this is an okay behavior because it doesn't affect us. So uh, that, that's a, a problematic tone. But again, you know, when I'm sitting here as somebody who lives in the city and has grown up in this city, all 
members of all members of the public just like you should be offended by these numbers and to say that now it's outrageous no it's been outrageous for a number of years and something needs to be done a handgun ban is not going to do it i know that the mayor has committed more resources uh for policing but when you take the policing numbers out of the you take almost 25 percent of your uniform police officers and they banish them over four years and we don't have the ability to do proactive policing arrests are down 48 percent Provincial offense tickets are down 59% from over 500,000 to under 250,000. And what it means is every time you do a traffic stop, you're investigating, you're looking. And I've done this many times, and you end up turning into you find firearms or other offenses. And when we're not engaging with the public, we don't have this proactive policing. This is what you're going to see. And the, the other thing is saying, okay, well, which was interesting, pledging more resources. Where are we getting these resources from? What would that look like? Them? That you'd have to ask the chief because we've been talking about this again. We're down almost a thousand police officers. We and our people are limited resources. I'm dealing with divisions in the city in the downtown core that are putting out six uniformed police officers a day, seven uniformed police officers patrolling because they the numbers have been gutted and we're still losing numbers. So, yeah, the mayor uh, has done the right thing and committed resources to hiring again, but it's going to take us three to four years to backstop the gapping that they've done. And this is what they get. But why hasn't something been done three or four years ago when we, we raised this issue? And now it take, what did it take? 17 people to be shot? Was that the magic number? This is absolutely ludicrous. Um, Mike, today the sentencing hearing begins today for the Eaton Center shooter um, who I believe killed two people and injured, you know, uh, five others when he, you know, took out a handgun and yeah. started, uh, you know, open fired yeah. in the food cart. Um, he ha- he has admitted that he was responsible for that shooting in the food court. The lawyers say that it was all about PTSD and um, he's up for uh, charged with manslaughter. His hearing, uh, sentencing hearing will begin today, but it carries a maximum sentence of life in prison without chance of parole for seven years. You know, a lot of people say seven years isn't strong enough. Is there anything to, do you think we need to look at our laws, our criminal laws, and making them, them stronger in order to shut down, you know, the, the gunplay we've got going on in the city, or is that going to even make a dent? Yeah, I, 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 when we looked at uh, across different jurisdictions where they've increased mandatory minimum, minimums and stiffer penalties, it has a very uh, transient effect. Like, you know, uh, there the the... The real issue is it is a multi-pronged approach. We have to get to the people before they use firearms and stuff like that. When somebody's going up and they're going to shoot somebody in the head, you know, are they thinking, well, I might go to jail or there might be a handgun ban? You know, not generally. It's about they have no value in life and their ability to take lives and not value their own lives. So, But I think that where you, you said it best is that there's a range from seven years to life. I think that the justice system has to look at it in the circumstances where the shooting occurred and say, send a message. There is a message that needs to be sent that if you are using a firearm in an offense and you are doing it in particular in a public area or wherever that is, there needs to be a serious message sent that you will spend a significant amount of time of your life incarcerated. So where would you like, if, if uh, you had your way and, and the, the chief was uh, you know, deciding to, you know, ask you where you'd start with this. Where, where are you going to start after 17 shootings in the city of Toronto? What do you do first, Mike? Well, well, I would have started uh, four years ago, and I would have started to... Get I know, but numbers. now. Uh, now I would start to get the resources and look at how you can deploy 
and get people embedded into the neighborhoods and stuff. And it's going to take some time to get these people. But I, I would have to make a commitment to the resources to get people out in the communities to inc- increase the uniform presence. And he's going to have to look at his assets and how he utilizes them and to get more people through hired to say that we're we've got a minimum amount of people that we can possibly hire he should have been looking at that but now it's an opportunity to look at that and say we really have to increase for instance in the 80s we opened up the police college here in toronto to bring up our numbers so we can get more people get them out on the streets uh, and start because you know you all what we've heard from the mayor and what we've heard from the chief is we need the resources we are tapped right now so you've got to get more bodies in. you've got to get them in as quick as possible you've got to get them trained and get people deployed in a different way the chief has to do a whole or whoever uh, the mayor police service board have to look at that and look how we're deploying resources and do something have a plan where's the plan mike you a plan. you also are talking to us and you have been talking to us over the past you know i would say year or two about the fact that a lot of uh members have been, you know, dropping out or going to other police forces from the Toronto Police uh, Services, and they've been moving on um, now because they find, you know, the other service, you know, the other uh, boards more preferable, whether it be, you know, lifestyle and they're out of the city or uh, just less stressful. But when we're talking about um, a city where we're seeing more gun violence, more gunplay on a, a pretty regular basis that we're talking about it in the news uh, you know, it seems every Monday we're mentioning something that happened yeah, over the weekend, yeah. especially in the hotter summer months. How do you get someone interested in becoming a Toronto police officer? Well, again, you know, we just went through a round of bargaining, and, and I think our compensation is uh, second to none for what we do. And, and again, it's not about <clears throat> the compensation. Our members, and what I find in being involved in the policing community for over 30 years, is that police officers are not driven by the solely by you know, the financial returns and everything else, they have a commitment to their communities and to do the job. And where we're losing our members is that the morale and the frustration of the lack of resources. So we're bringing them out. They have to come in and work callbacks. They have to, so they're not getting any break. We're putting, as I said, six people out and they're going, like, we do not want to police in that environment. We still, and the conflict for them they still want to contribute to the community. I think that the way that we keep that the, the police officers and their civilians here is by having the right amount of resources and not burning out the resources. They'll come in droves and they will stay for long term here if we take care of them once they are an employee here. And it's not about giving them more money. It's not about um, that. It's about giving them the resources and, and the ability to do the jobs without burning them out, which is what, what's happening and which is causing... Uh, majority of these police officers to leave this service. Mike, I want to play you one more clip from Chief Saunders in that press conference, and he was asked about club security, and here's what he had to say. Well, we've got an opportunity to review the DVR. There there was a DVR in there. might not solve it, but it will certainly help us, I believe, because there was some activity going on in the the, the, uh, bar. I can't speak to how how private sector folks run their things, but I I can tell you as as a citizen, I can walk into a bar and look at it and say, I'm not staying here tonight. This is not going to be my place. Uh, but having said that, people can go to wherever they want to go to. I would just, I would exercise caution if, if you're walking into a spot and it doesn't feel as warm and fuzzy as, as you would like it to or, or your friends or, you, or your family. How do you decide what warm and fuzzy is when you walk into a dark bar? I mean, it was a nightclub and it was, I'm, I'm guessing he was talking about District 45 nightclub on Finch near Keel where... 
you know, hundreds of people were gathered and then the uh, gunfire broke out over the weekend. Yeah, again, I think that's a, a slippery slope to, to go on. Like now, what are you doing? Are you saying, okay, well, certain clubs or certain demographics of people are going to be causing the issues? I think the issue, you can't, you can't uh, escape or usurp the issue. The issue is that we in the policing community have a responsibility to provide safe communities, and we have a responsibility to get guns off the street uh, to prevent these type of crimes and stop. You can't keep blaming clubs, uh, other things. We have a responsibility. What is our role? And let man up and address that role. Mike McCormick, thanks so much for joining us today. I appreciate it. All right. Take care.